0: hello everyone welcome to the LFG cast your one-stop shop for everything lifting feasting and gaming related and it is the post thanksgiving episode and oh boy we got a lot to talk about also as always I'm joined by everyone's favorite mad lad Titan who's got all of the eyes of tomorrow Zephin Blade
1: First of all, hi, everyone. And second of all, I actually got a funny story about that once we get into it.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, we're going to get into it, too. Uh, Let me just lower you a bit. Okay, here we go. All right. So we took uh, originally we were going to have two two episodes planned for you guys. We were going to do a spoiler discussion the week before Thanksgiving, and we were going to do a season of the hunt discussion the week after Thanksgiving. Obviously, things didn't go as planned. So we took a two week hiatus, but we're here now post Thanksgiving. I've been eating leftovers since Black Friday and essentially we'll just uh, we'll jump into the normal show. So we've got a big destiny discussion tonight. We're going to talk spoilers. So if you have not for some reason beaten the Beyond Light campaign, please go do that and then come back to this episode. If you have not seen or played any of the Deepstone Crypt raid, please go do that and come back to this episode. And if you have not done any of the season of the hunt stuff, please go at least start the season of the hunt, then come back, and uh we'll talk about it. So that's the main thing. First, let's get into the weekly the weekly rituals. Um with the weekly weigh-in. So you uh you do you make any Thanksgiving gains, my friend? Gyms
1: were closed on thanksgiving proper Mm -hmm. uh and i was dealing with like a perfect storm of a little bit of shoulder tightness slash an injury and like an actual head cold not the rona uh because i had just um been putting in a lot of hours to grind for day one so it was really a perfect storm of things so i had kind of some time off on thanksgiving and just after and now i'm just kind of starting back up so like yes and no
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean hey Mm -hmm. you know whatever works i uh Mm -hmm. i I was doing some body weight stuff the week of thanksgiving Mm -hmm. some light dumbbell bent over rows with some curls then some push-ups and triceps and then some squats um I did the the rows and stuff on Monday, but yesterday instead of doing chest and triceps, I decided to do some yoga because I've I've kind of felt like my whole body been out of whack. So I was like, you know what? Let me focus on doing some yoga. And uh, let me tell you, I did a proper beginner session, and it kicked my ass. I was I was sweating. <laughs> I was uh, a little a little hard trying to control my breath for some of that poses because I was trying to do a proper. Downward dog, but with the assistance of quote-unquote yoga blocks, which were just the dumbbells I had in my room Because I don't actually have proper yoga blocks. I didn't know they were a thing Uh did some shoulder opener did some some hip opening and uh, now I'm like super sore As if I just did like a huge like lat and tricep workout But I know it's because of the positions I did and I'm actually excited to do it again on uh, On Friday because i love being sore i love doms it's one of my favorite (laughs) things i love delayed onset muscle soreness um you can
1: have it all man it's all for you
0: yes uh except when it's leg day then i hate them and they should feel bad and never talk to me again oh oh i hate i used to so in high school we did for football practice one day we did squats Mm -hmm. cleans And then for conditioning, we had to go run hills. Mm. And my house was on a hill, so I had to climb a flight of stairs to get to my front door. And then I had to climb stairs to get to my room. My legs were jelly for like four days. Not fun. Um. So. It. um, Other than that, we, uh, did you eat good? Did you have, did you have a uh, lot of food?
1: That's the thing where I was not slacking.
0: Alright.
1: Because uh, my appetite did go down a little bit, uh, just cause my activity level went down, and normally what my kind of self-tradition thing is, is I'll, like, fast the night before Thanksgiving,
0: and mm-hmm. then I'll
1: go in and just have a monster workout in the morning if the gym is open. And then eat like 89 times my body weight.
0: That's beautiful. Um,
1: but I didn't really get to do that this year because, again, you know, like pandemic gyms were closed on top of everything else. Uh, yeah. But just had like a little kind of casual thing with the family and ate really well. Um, That's good. A lot of good homemade sides and desserts. And Ooh. then I got to have some other homemade stuff from like other thanksgiving meals because people are like oh hey i made this um it's like yeah lay it on me uh so yeah i I ate pretty well this week uh, i will say
0: nice nice Mm -hmm. um so i did not fast which in in hindsight i probably should have because by the time i got to the main course i was (laughs) i was stuffed more than the turkey So, uh, you know, I woke up and I went to the bakery to get pastries and bread and uh, I got crumb cake for me and my grandma. So my dumb ass in the morning was like, oh, I got this crumb cake. I'm going to eat this now, you know, whatever. But also my dumb brain was like, bro, you're craving cereal right now. Mm -hmm. So I had that for breakfast and then we do like our own little cocktail hour. So we had chips and dip and cheese platter and cocktail weenies you know pigs in a blanket style quite plenty of that then we had anipast devoured that because that's like one of my favorite things that we really only make on thanksgiving or not thanksgiving on the holidays for some reason Mm -hmm. then we had ravioli and then we had turkey stuffing green bean casserole all the good stuff and by the time we got to that part i was like I took a couple bites out of that turkey leg and I was like, no, nah, I'm wrapping this all up. And then uh and, all went in. and then I had dessert. We had pastries, and then my grandma made a pumpkin pie, and my mom made an apple pie and devoured that with some coffee. So yeah, I ate pretty good. And I've been eating leftovers almost since every day since Friday.
1: So Oh uh, the leftovers are gone, man. Those are, are gone.
0: No, we're still I still have a wing. And uh, we still got some green bean casserole left. So that's getting polished off tomorrow when I get home from some overtime. But let's not dally. Let's get into the meat of today's episode. Let's get into the game. So Beyond Light has been out for three weeks. You and I have beaten the campaign. You have done it multiple times. Um, Mm -hmm. You and I have started the season of the hunt. You have finished your title for it already.
1: Well, I've... I have as many triumphs as are currently not time gated. Right. Like I'm literally just waiting for the last thing and
0: Um And you and I have done the raid. You have done it multiple times already and have gotten the raid exotic multiple times. And you were there on day one. Uh yeah. <laughs> okay. So just overall what are, what are your thoughts? on Beyond Light, because the last time we talked was our first impressions. So we've had time to sink our teeth into it Um as an expansion. What are your thoughts on it overall and how how much did you enjoy the narrative, like the story and all of its content? And, you know, was it was it lacking at all? Do you think it was lacking in any department?
1: Uh, OK. Well, keeping in mind that this is a spoiler cast, uh, I am going to go full into it. So for the campaign itself, um, it was... First of all, I liked it. Before I get into any actual like criticisms and critiques, I just want to put up front that I love Beyond Light. I think it's a great expansion. Mm-hmm. That said... <laughs> It's curious to me how much of stuff for Europa has to be done off of Europa. Uh, Like, when you are doing the aspect quests and the fragment quests, once you finally get stasis, once, you know, you beat the campaign, you do it, you finally uh, freeze Aramis and dab on her.
0: Once you're doing
1: the uh, aspect and fragment quests, it's curious to me how much of that is done off of Europa. It seems to me that you would want to have that on Europa to keep showcasing your destination. Right. Right? Uh, Because if you're a solo player, you know, it might have taken you a little bit longer and you might be, like, different for a change of pace. Right? Uh, But there are many people, and this is not to discredit the efforts of either newer players or people who are less experienced with the game, but there are many people who just, like, burn down the campaign.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: um just absolutely wrecked it because they were either they were trying to consume that content quickly or they're trying to prepare for something wink wink or you know just like that's the kind of player they are mm-hmm. uh so didn't spend too much time on Europa already and then it felt like okay now you're done with this place go do some other stuff you know yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But that felt a little weird um As far as the campaign itself, the missions, I actually really like the style of taking down Aramis's lieutenants, kind of like the Baron Hunts. Uh, They felt more cohesive and challenging and interesting than the Baron Hunts in Forsaken. Mm -hmm. Uh, I liked how many there were in Forsaken, but I liked the quality of the activity in Beyond Light more. Right, Um, Because... It felt like you know each lieutenant had their own gimmick and had their own special boss fight just like the barons did Uh but it felt like the lieutenants were slightly more fleshed out as opposed to just like oh here's this guy with a gimmick and he's the villain of the week and now he's dead i've golden gunned him into the ground
0: yeah uh i think uh i think out of out of the three of them Mm-hmm. I think the priestess is the one that's the most fleshed out. Yes. Uh, yes. Just because when you go through, you know, you go through the campaign, you do the Variks, uh Empire hunts and the saboteur stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's only when you get to, like, because I don't remember about the first two. But when you get to the priestess, mm-hmm. she's got a lot of dialogue. And, yeah. like, she has, like, a lot of narrative to her because mm-hmm. she believes that aramis will return in like a blaze of glory which i'm gonna be honest there's no way aramis just stays frozen on europa nah, for the rest of the time It's physically nah. impossible my guy like even if she's a seasonal threat they have to break like she's got to come back because she didn't die like she's not dead the darkness was just like uh we're gonna put you to sleep
1: yeah honestly like we're putting you in a cocoon my hope for that for the future and i'll go into depth on this concept uh either later in this episode or in a future episode my honest hope is that savathun is gonna pull like a masters of evil or like an injustice league and pull together all the prominent living or cocooned villains into the just like anti-vanguard
0: the sinister Uh, six
1: exactly just something like that i think that would be awesome if that were done right but i will move uh past that for just a second Uh um so yeah critis was definitely the one that had the most development uh she's also the lieutenant that people tended to struggle the most
0: with oh yeah my god Mm -hmm. uh
1: that said phylax the first one you fight the warrior has the coldest line she's like oh, you're the destroyer of Oryx. Prove you're worth my time. Like, did I not just do that by you saying I'm the destroyer of Oryx? Like, <laughs> Psy- what's good?
0: this for your light. Uh, chatter, you chatter, know, chatter.
1: <laughs> you killed, like, space Satan, but prove you're worth my time, my guy. Yeah, uh, that tough. line always makes me laugh. Um, so I thought the lieutenants were fun. I thought the missions were fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aramis is definitely coming back. Uh, I really like how they develop the narrative with The Stranger, with Elsie Bray post-campaign 2. When you're like going through the aspects and then make right. you go through the Lost Spectres. Um,
0: right, because I, I got... haven't finished that one yet. So okay. I, I have to go kill a patrol because I just mm-hmm. did all my gambit kills for the cold snap. Yeah. So, um... Uh, yeah.
1: Well, I really like how they're developing that because those are some I'm not gonna necessarily reveal the content of them, but when you're going through those lost sectors that, those are some very meaty cutscenes and have a lot of narrative to parse out there.
0: yeah between between those cutscenes because I saw two with you yeah between those cutscenes and the lore book that you get from doing the aspects and the fragments and stuff yeah the uh, the green one that kind of elaborates on Elsie's timeline. Where, more or less, I'm pretty sure it's confirmed we were corrupted by the darkness. I also would not put it past Bungie to make that the same timeline where we die and Saint-14 gives our eulogy. Uh, Just a theory, but like, could be.
1: I would believe it if it's that timeline. I would also believe that the Atat using the Oxa machine saw into that timeline, and that's what the Chronicon is based on. Ooh. where we're a callous's shadow
0: Ooh, that too that's huge yeah. right so mm-hmm. they do a really good job at, a, at kind of elaborating that and they they set up this really nice narrative line of anna bray is obsessed with at least in the in the dark timeline we'll call it anna bray is obsessed with I don't necessarily want to say becoming stronger but she's obsessed with being able to wield the darkness to use it to fight savathun and as far as we know she's one of the only few guardians at least that we have met that's left and they kind of start planting the seeds with some dialogue that elsie gives you where she's like i don't know if i like I should tell her about this now, like she needs to know about this now because I didn't tell her about it then and it got her killed. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool. Uh, I think narratively, Beyond Light was a solid campaign. Yes, There are things I wish there was more of like Eris and the Drifter because the teaser trailer set up this whole thing the initial reveal trailer set up this whole like the stranger's like this is what i brought you here to see and that's supposedly that all happens right before we meet the stranger Mm -hmm. because that leads into the battle cutscene. i assume which leads into her going and here's our guardian right on time yeah um so i wish they had more fleshed out moments otherwise Eris is still on the moon the drifters is still in the annex and he'll have a throwaway line where he'll be like see you on Europa brother and it's mm. like no you won't well once you beat nah, the campaign yeah, you won't. yeah once you beat the campaign he's gone and mm. uh because of big rona the quest that he was supposed to give you and narrate you through was done by ghost which is hilarious in its own right mm-hmm. um I think I think overall, before we get into like the raid in the season, I love this expansion. Yes, I think for Destiny Two, um, Beyond Light and Forsaken are kind of like neck and neck for my favorite expansion. Um, I will always hold Rise of Iron at a bit of a higher pedestal just because Rise of Iron brought with it the Age of Triumph, mm-hmm. and like they're synonymous with one another. And in my opinion, system wise. Destiny was at its peak. Like that was the height of, of Destiny as a game was Rise of Iron in terms of gear and ornaments and systems and all that kind of stuff. Beyond Light does a lot of things right. Um, Like in the TWAB, the, you, if you're in orbit, the tower, or offline, you can now pick up bounties via the companion app, which is something we have wanted for years which they were able to implement without making the tower and vendors absolutely pointless. Yeah. Um. Before we get into the raid, I want to talk about now. You have Cloud Strike. Oh yeah. I didn't. I haven't gotten that quest yet because I have not unlocked enough saboteur columns. I've only been able to do like the first two or three. Um. Mm. But we both have lament. Yep and i will say the lament quest like the the final quest arguably one of my favorite quests in beyond light like when you get the tank and you drive it and then you 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 proceed through um it's not eternity what is that creation creation and you get to the big A.I. head, and that's like Shazam. And you find out, oh, hey, guess what? Uh, your gunsmith is Clovis Bray. Yeah. we just
1: like, that, what? Uh, I will say that in terms of an expansion, it just came out. So like it, it's going to need some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of a single destination, Europa is probably the most lore dense single destination we've ever had in Destiny.
0: Yeah, I think rivaled only by the Dreaming City.
1: Yeah. Uh, Um, And again, we've still got like a year.
0: Yeah, we we have a year. Mm -hmm. And I know that, yeah, it's just seasonal content from this point on. Right. But that's a year. Look what Season of Arrivals did. Season of Arrivals. I mean, we still don't even know what the Ascendant Lens is for. Yeah. I, I honestly, I don't think it's Hawkmoon, but I think it is tied to Season of the Hunt, because the only two destinations you can go to for, um, Rathborns are the Tangled Shore and the Dreaming City.
1: Uh, I don't think these are going to be mutually exclusive. I still think we're going to use the Ascendant Lens to get Hawkmoon for Season of the Hunt.
0: Okay, okay, okay. that's fair, fair. Um so let's talk about the since we're talking about season of the hunt let's get this out of the way what are your What are your thoughts on it compared to you know the past year of seasons we've had
1: uh okay <clears throat> so I like the concept of season of the hunt a lot um I'm looking forward to more content for it because the whole concept of like oh you know crow you have your wrathborn lure you put the lure down you go on this hunt to face down this powerful wrathborn they like really hype up the wrathborn right and then you set the lure and it runs off you know either in the tangled shore or the dreaming city and it runs off and they are like all right cool and you've got to pick up the trail and you go find it and you start the special mission right right and then the boss ends up being like slightly more challenging than a lost sector boss and you're like that was it uh so i really love the concept i love the concept of the core mechanic of season the hunt but right now it feels a little underwhelming um because it's a great source of rewards
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: uh quick side note the uh there's no loot in beyond light group that faction has been awful quiet lately
0: yeah. Because, Anyhow, <laughs> because you want to know why? Because there's actually loot. You just have to play the yeah. game. Yeah. Been awful quiet. Lately. And and I'm gonna be honest. Listen, some of this loot is good. Like, it's and I'm talking good. I'm talking seasons of arrivals. Good. Like uh, the sidearm you get for doing the uh the the stranger quest. Yeah. I forget the excavation zone or whatever. The eclipse zone. Yeah. The eclipse quest. The high yeah. Elbdo or whatever it's called, that slaps in Gambit. I took that into Gambit, and I don't know if it's my role, but I love burst sidearms. Mm -hmm. I was I was literally melting ads and mobs with it and just going on a spree. Uh, That's really good. I know people people hate on it, but the linear fusion rifle you get from doing Wrathborn hunts actually snappy chef's kiss my favorite linear since crooked fang Mm -hmm. hands down
1: uh the grenade is pretty good the scout Mm. feels surprisingly good i like Uh, the scout there's also the raid loot but speaking specifically on season the hunt uh it's it's developing slowly like you can tell that it's building up uh, and also, if you uh, if you go out and you defeat powerful enemies with your Leviathan's Breath, you have a chance of dropping the Catalyst. And then <laughs> that gives you an option to unlock Leviathan's Breath Catalyst progress in your Wrathborn hunts. So like if you already that. have all the drops. Yeah, that so that's useful, right? That's, that's good.
0: Yeah, that's nutty. Uh, but I
1: wish that they would either add more difficulty to the hunts or add another layer to them because right now building up a lure charge takes longer than the hunt itself
0: oh my god which, yeah
1: which to me that doesn't make a whole lot of sense right um mm-hmm. given the difficulty of the hunt if the hunt were more difficult and it took the amount of time that it currently does to build up a lure I'd be like okay that makes sense right right uh but either the either the scaling for the percentage for obtaining a lure needs to be brought into step so that you gain them pretty quickly because it's an easy activity or the difficulty of the hunt itself needs to be increased in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Also, there are things that aren't really uh, told to you. So yeah, I sat there and used up all my lure charges trying to kill all the bosses because I wanted mm-hmm. to finish the triumphs and I didn't understand how to get the tier 2 for I think it was like HDK1 and uh Zillithans, whatever her name is the witch. Zillox, yeah. Zilox. I had to go online and look at a Polygon article that was like, oh yeah, to get a tier 2 Wrathborn hunt, you need to put all 3 canisters in your lore that have something in them
1: Dude, so, like, I was bugging out about that on day one because I was like I off that triumph. Like, how do I do
0: this? I was with you. That was when yeah. you took me through my Wrathborns. I was I was so mad. And now I have to go and charge more lures. Uh yeah. the other thing I was bummed about is the last lore I did was recon data, and I didn't have the tertiary canister to boost more recon data. Yeah. So I ended up with 17, which isn't bad. It's still enough to get a level, actually, like I'm at the point where I level up and have extra progress already put aside, kind of like the umbral system. But like, I was like, okay, Crow, let me buy another one. I'm not selling it today. What what do you mean? Like, I don't know if it's they just don't want people to stock up all at once, but I would have loved just to like, even if they limited it to, like, say, five a day be able to buy the tertiary canisters just from, just like all of them from his inventory and just be like, oh, okay, yeah, 10,000 glimmer, you can only buy five a day of each one. And it's like, oh, okay, so you could at least stock up so you have enough to do say seven, or not seven, I'm sorry, You you have enough to do like, you know, say five Wrathborn hunts and get the things you need because the boss ones rotate their reward so you can't yeah cheese recon data but as long as you have the extra canister you can always boost up your rep so that's mm-hmm. just that's something else uh i do like the the wrathborn hunts a lot but i do agree uh, it's like you gotta sit there and play like f- four rounds of gambit or like do a bunch of strikes and it's like listen yeah. i don't want to chase pinnacles yet i want to play the game And this is something that I know other people have had a problem with in previous expansions and seasons that I never ran into. Where it was like, oh, I just got to go do more strikes or it's like, I got to go play Crucible to do the thing. And I'm sitting here now at light level, you know, 1235. Still getting powerfuls that progress my power. Mm -hmm. And I'm like. Yeah, I mean, I got to do Crucible for I got to do Crucible and strikes for the stranger then i've got to do europa stuff for varix then i've got to do guardian kills for duality and strikes and crucible and gambit wins then i've got to do you know then there's the pinnacles and then there's this and then if i want to level up these things i've got to do this and it's like i don't want to play the playlist yet i don't want to yeah i don't want to work towards that armor yet i want to do all my europa stuff and then when i don't have any more europa stuff to do then I want to play all these things.
1: Well, I so. think the issue comes down to they were trying to have a focus on play like to, playlist activities, um, but there's a fine difference here between a focus on playlist activities and making you do playlist activities to progress other activities. You know, like that—that's not the same thing. Uh, um, yeah, just just because you are in the playlist like it's one thing if I'm forced to be in the playlist because I have to complete a bounty or I have to complete a quest step it's another for me to queue up the playlist because there's a specific reward I want right yeah uh and there's a fine differentiation there which I feel like kind of got lost in translation Mm -hmm. uh and that's something I hope that they kind of improve on as the expansion develops and as more seasons are released uh because that felt a little silly to me i'm not gonna lie
0: no yeah i agree i think that it would have been better if it was it was both right like you have to go and do strikes for say Or like uh, Gambit, right? You have to play Gambit for the cold snap grenade. Like, that's what you have to do. That's the quest step. Play three matches of Gambit. Kill enemies in Gambit with stasis or affected by stasis. Fine. Uh Give me loot to get in Gambit. Because you can't get there's playlist armor, Uh but you can't get playlist armor until you do their weekly, you know, the weekly challenge. Right. So Uh I have one piece of Crucible playlist armor. And that's the only piece I will get out of my engrams until I do more of Shax's weekly challenges. And the notion behind that is I get it right. You don't want players to like like what you're going to do next week when Iron Banner comes around. You don't want players like you or me who have 4000 Crucible tokens to run up to Shax, dump them in and just brute force our way into getting a full set because then Mm -hmm. there's no reason to play Crucible. I understand that but there's no other loot to get right there's no other specific loot in crucible in gambit in strikes where you can be like oh i need to get strike or i need to get gambit matches done but while i'm there i have a chance of getting i don't know like you know some like this dope new uh sidearm that's you can only get from gambit drops and if you win it increases you know like like strike specific loot like crucible specific loot from d1 it's something they have not brought back yet that i don't understand like crucible you get it for ranking up and gambit you get it for ranking up like i get that but you don't know what that loot pool is like in d1 you were like no you can get If you do the Omnigul strike, you can get Grasp of Malik or the Warlock Bond. So you subconsciously, when you got into that strike, you could farm for that and whatever quest step for whatever gun you're on. But they haven't done it, and I don't think Adept Weapons and and Strikes and Nightfalls is going to solve that problem.
1: I think that depends on the quality of the loot, and we're gonna have to see that. I believe starting next season. I think next season's gonna be huge. I think this first one, uh, being season of the hunt again, this first season of the expansion, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like it's kind of actually the inverse of Shadowkeep, where Shadowkeep on initial release was honestly very weak but it had the benefit of coming out with undying right uh so we felt like there was a lot of content i feel like this is now the inverse where beyond Light came out and it's very strong to start with it's not fully mm-hmm. developed yet but it's very strong to start with so now we can kind of see the flaws in season of the hunt because i mean honestly like it's fun but there's not a lot to do i do my five Rathborn hunts for my pinnacle and i'm out i don't touch it again you know
0: yeah um yeah i'm the same way um I think... But I feel like
1: next season, it's going to be very strong, because that's when they're going to bring in a lot more of these weapons, like the concepts we're talking about. And I think mm-hmm. that's when Vault of Glass is returning. So, like, I, I'm i okay with this season being a little tepid, right? Because we're mm-hmm. still uncovering secrets on Europa right uh and we're going to be for the next four five weeks at least for one of the triumphs you know not even for like whatever campaign curveballs they throw at us but for literally one of the triumphs we have another five weeks of development and like uncovering lore uh so i'm okay with this season being a little tepid because i know or rather i hope that next season is going to be wild
0: so uh i agree with the the shadow keep analysis um I do think Season of the Hunt is a building season. Yeah. Yes. What I hope they do is they narratively progress like I hope honestly from now until um the witch queen. I kind of want Crow to n- be the narrative focus for the seasons. Like I want him to be there. I want him to be like a pivotal character that has a hand in everything we're doing. Because right now we know that we're still getting a cutscene with the Cabal, Zavala, and Osiris. Mm-hmm. Osiris is in the tower, which leads me to believe at some point, because I don't know if she's there yet, but is Anna Bray in the tower? Is she chilling somewhere? Uh
1: nobody's found her, but like narratively, in canon, yes, yeah. Yeah, narratively, narratively she's there.
0: The so like I assume she's gonna show up. Um there's dialogue in the bounties like the yeah. bounty flavor text where like crow knows he's essentially being held prisoner um i mm-hmm. saw i actually saw a tiktok about it today where someone showed all the bounty dialogue mm-hmm. and there's one where it references him knowing that glint is essentially a walking bomb yep um and it's so funny because crow dislikes violence and there's bounty there's bounty text that was like yeah you know before i shoot them i close my eyes almost like he doesn't want to see what's going on um so i think this is building this is a building season i'd love to see more crow and see him kind of be a focus i think the reason why people feel the way that like i might that i kind of feel is because seasons of season of arrivals was kind of hefty even though yeah, it was dragged out if season of if season of arrivals was the length it should have been it would have been the heftiest media season we have had since the season of opulence yeah uh, i agree with like that like like by far what my hope is for the next season for season 14 13 14 right uh what are we on
1: i think 13 is going to be next right
0: Okay, possibly. I don't remember. My hope season next one. Yeah, next season, the win- the winter, the winter to spring season. Mm-hmm. Um, my hope is that they bring back in some form playlist specific gear that you can earn co- on completion that you don't have to like do the challenge to get the chance of it in your loot pool, like. If I do a strike and there's that strike has a specific gun, throw that gun into the drop pool. Let me have my RNG chance at the end, right? Yeah. That I also honestly hope they bring back ornamentation for s- playlist armor. Mm-hmm. Um, because while people have gripes about it being one set, uh, someone had mentioned that they did that in D1, which I don't remember. They could have done it uh, for Crucible and Vanguard gear, but i miss ornamentation for playlist gear i think yeah what that would do is and i'm not a developer but in my head what that would do is that would allow bungie to spice you know add a little spice to playlist gear without having to completely overhaul and add new gear and add new roles like you drop an ornament in and you know each each one has a different ornament, so you can kind of change up the gear, so You can feel a little cooler. I think that would be huge. And I think that would go a long way with the player base. Um, I agree. But I'm excited to see where the season goes. I want to see where the narrative goes. I can't wait for that cutscene with Osiris and um, Zavala.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I hope by the end of the season, we break Crow out of his prison. Now we got about 20 minutes left let's talk about the mediest part of this expansion the deep stone crypt yep uh
1: all right so again I'm gonna preface this I love this raid it is probably actually my favorite d2 raid
0: uh out of the ones I've done yeah. I could Mm -hmm. I could throw it it's it's arguably it's tied with Last Wish because I didn't do Spire and I didn't do Eater, but Mm -hmm. it's way better than Garden. Like, my God, Mm -hmm. because I'm going to be honest, I thought Garden was fun. But if you were to sit down and be like, hey, we're going to raid tonight, do you want to do Garden or Deep Stone Crypt or Last Wish? I would look at you and be like, so we're picking between Last Wish and Deep Stone Crypt because I honestly I don't besides maybe getting armor. I don't want to go back to Garden. At all uh,
1: Garden Garden has really cool lore Aspects and implications to it And the loot Is like pretty good You know and the fact that you can get divinity from it is nice Yeah uh, But otherwise garden is very tedious But Deepstone Crypt the amount Of lore in it The narrative developments in it The environmental storytelling cool. Uh even just like the first part with desolation, with uh, moving the sparrows through. Super fun. That first encounter where you've got to disable security, and then you see the veil statue. Oh, uh, oh my god.
0: We which, uh... Go ahead.
1: The actual long, slow whisper, that's what that is. Because you go stand next to the statue, it whispers to you.
0: Okay, uh, so so real quick, what's the long, slow whisper? Is that what drove Clovis mad? is that yes okay yeah, all that's... right dish that's okay um also what is it like does it like whisper like like abstract things like the queen it's will come? oh no, it's, it's, ju- it's just like
1: <sighs> yeah it's just like they you know like insert psychological thriller slash horror movie abstract right. whispering here
0: we uh, uh i saw hold on um i saw you guys do that hmm um uh that was very cool uh i so when i saw that i was like what Mm -hmm. so now this is you know this is what i've been saying dude bungie lean into that space fantasy horror yeah that was dope um continue uh
1: so we had that and then you go find atrax who's been an exo the whole time the uh alleged first fallen exo and then old
0: man tanix
1: comes back oh, uh hold that. On.
0: so atrax is an exo
1: atrax is an exo yes
0: i'm gonna be real honest he looked just like a splicer then mm-hmm. that's in my head i didn't question a single thing i was just yeah. like oh it's a robot dude yep wow
1: nope. a- atrax is an exo Fallen in exo
0: uh, yep
1: so that opens up a whole new world of possibilities Mm -hmm. Skolosh is
0: coming back I'm calling it
1: dude (laughs) uh I wouldn't be surprised since old Mantanix came back uh but then you go up to the orbital platform which is really cool and honestly then you get my favorite part in Destiny 2 like in any raid ever hands down uh where Mm -hmm. you're doing the spacewalk and it's all muted and Deepstone Lullaby is playing uh that is one of that is probably the single best space in destiny 2 in my opinion
0: so i think like something i didn't get to do when we when when you guys took me through Mm -hmm. was i didn't get to absorb the uh space station right Mm -hmm. because by the time i came through you guys were like all right come on let's go and like i like ran to the chest and ran through the hallway and i was like okay we're going all Mm -hmm. right um but the deep stone lullaby thinking back it invokes the same feeling that the king uh king's fall raid that you know the jumping puzzle i'm talking about yeah the the mini dreadnoughts fly in and out of yep existence it it has that very same like if i sit there and picture it it's got that very same atmosphere my favorite part i didn't realize it was muted right like i didn't know what was yeah. going on until the shanks came out and started firing yep. and then i pulled my triggered and you hear that muffled gunfire which i've only heard that kind of sound effect the last time i heard it was mass effect andromeda because there's a level where you're in a space station that's cracked in half mm-hmm. and everything is like no oxygen so you hear that muffling of and the fact we did no comms was like yeah so so good that was
1: important to me to do uh we uh we've done that every time since and i think everyone is actually glad for it for like the brief reprieve uh and just like the change in comps Mm -hmm. because i mean it really makes you appreciate it more honestly um the babbling and cross comms would definitely like ruin that for me personally and we'll probably get to a point where it's like okay you know like we've done all this before like here we go but uh right for uh, now especially while the raid is still kind of fresh definitely everyone is cool with the no comms thing
0: we uh the the next thing is so so tanix is back real quick mm-hmm uh, I mantra. assume I assume the lore book is going to go into it more because, you know, in the rage, your ghost doesn't really like there's no besides the the little pieces of lore that you find. Mm-hmm. There's no real explanation. You have the Clovis AI talking to you and he does this great monologue about the hand of God and yep. the hand of righteousness, just like really hams it up. And it's just I love when villains give speeches like that. Yeah. Where it's just like, this is the hand of God. Like I will force the hand of God. And you know. Mm-hmm. So narratively, the fallen are trying to not the fallen. I thought the fallen were gonna try and bomb Europa. Clovis is trying to bomb Europa. Yeah. But isn't it Elsie that sets it off?
1: So in the original thing, what Elsie's trying to do is just destroy the crypt. Mm-hmm. Uh Clovis is full on trying to destroy Europa.
0: Like he wants nothing to be found
1: yeah he's trying to completely else he was trying to air their dirty laundry and destroy the source of clovis's power kind of his crown jewel right. clovis once we've found out all these secrets once we found the crypt itself once we found the process in the long slow whisper that's when the clovis ai is like nope all of it's gotta go uh which leads into that third encounter where tanix is trying to take over the orbital platform the space station because the mm-hmm. Fallen are trying to use that technology. Uh Clovis, the Clovis AI is trying to crash the space station into the surface of Europa and completely destroy it with all the nukes on it. And we're right. trying to disarm the nukes as the space station is crashing.
0: It's it's honestly that third encounter may be my favorite encounter of D2. Um, yeah, it's wild. More so than Riven, because... In the heat of the moment, when you're like first timing it, like I was, you you don't realize what's going on. Mm -hmm. And the next thing I know, like all I knew is I was I was shooting buttons and just standing in place. The next thing I know, I look out the window and we are just straight plummeting. It's just fire to Europa. And that was the moment where I was like, oh, my God, like we're actually like falling Mm -hmm. to Europa. This is the first raid that physically like moves like we progress um i mean uh, in d2 because in d in d1 you you definitely progress in um wrath of the machine like you start from the plague lands and you progress further and further away from the plague Lands until you get to the replication chamber Uh at the end but nothing on this scale and Uh honestly i want to read the lore about Tanix, Uh um I honestly wish they opened an in like i know they technically opened a new area in creation mm-hmm. but like i full-blown wish they opened up the crypt for like a small like they added just like a mission or like a mm-hmm. like a mini baby strike where like the crypt is open and like you can go into the crypt a little bit and just explore not necessarily the raid portion but like a lost well, sector or something
1: uh you know just in the kind of spin foiling here the crypt itself is still standing i mean parts of it are obviously destroyed because the space station like fell on it right but right, right, right. for all intents and purposes like parts of the crypt are still intact so if we ever see a dungeon
0: come Ooh. out beyond light
1: we might get a dungeon into the crypt
0: my goodness that would be amazing um i think gear wise Deepstone Stone Crypt has some of the coolest looking gear, yes. uh, probably since Last Wish because I, I I just love the the Great Hunt gear, mm. but the color palette they chose for the DSC, yeah, the white, the chrome, the neon, like it looks like mm. the firminous blue shader, mm. super nice. Um, the shotgun looks really cool. Uh, yeah. I got the black shader and on the legs, it changes the plating from black to white, which I think is really cool. I can't wait to get a full set. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think. Deep Stone Crypt is, is arguably one of the most fun raids. Um, well,
1: so the thing about getting the gear and this is the thing that makes Deepstone so great mechanically. Mm -hmm. is that once you do the final boss fight which is like fun it once you get to the end of it it feels on par with like a final boss fight uh but during the execution of it it's kind of like okay you know like it's Mm -hmm. not as chaotic as crown it's not as like it doesn't feel as massive in scale as garden it's it doesn't feel like as imminently dangerous all the time as riven Mm -hmm. uh but then when you get into that like DPS phase and you get into the final stand of Tanix, that's when we're like, ah yes, I see. Uh but the thing mechanically that makes Deepstone great is that at the end of it you have the cache where you mm-hmm. can use Toys of Conquest to then like pick up loot that you haven't gotten before or re-roll specific pieces of loot, and that's where that replayability factor comes in.
0: So which cache gives you Like, does it tell you that you can get gear that you haven't gotten before? Because I just assume I thought someone said during the raid that it was just to reacquire gear that you've gotten in the
1: raid. Nope, new stuff. So you have uh, you have four chests, one for each encounter, and uh, that chest will be highlighted if there's something from that encounter that you have not gotten before. And then the chest grays out if you've gotten all the stuff from that encounter. At which point, you can re-roll it from a
0: selection below. Okay. I have to, uh... I have to keep that in mind. Um, So... Sorry, I'm, I'm picking up different, uh... I'm picking up uh, emblems that I have sitting in my account that I haven't redeemed yet. Mm-hmm. Um. So one of the things I think the Deepstone Crypt does really well is its length. Mm-hmm. Um. The part we struggled on the most was, um, Atrix and yeah. Tanix. Which is, you know, arguably, if you look at the whole raid, like half of the raid, half the encounters, right? But it mm-hmm. seems that the second encounter is the is it's the it's not the gear check, right? Tanix is the gear check because by the time you get to Tanix, I went in at twelve thirty. By the mm-hmm. time we got to Tanix was when I started feeling squishy. Atrax is the, the comms check because you yep. really need to communicate for Atrax um, because I wasn't dying we weren't wiping so much as because we were all getting killed we were wiping because you miss one phase mm-hmm. that's kind of it which I, uh, I go ahead
1: Atrax is very much the optimization encounter and <laughs> yes for gear but especially like for comms you're talking about because I mm-hmm. felt like on day one I barely died to enemies on day one. It was mechanics that were doing it for us.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I. I definitely. Think because I know some people you have people like glad and and all these big time content creators talking about, oh, the raid was too easy Mm -hmm. and, you know, Bungie released the numbers today. There was a staggering amount of people that completed this raid. Or even attempted day one compared to uh, all previous raids. Yeah. And I think that's a great thing. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good thing for the game. Because now you have that endgame pinnacle activity, but it's not for the elitist anymore. Mm -hmm. It's for anyone who thinks they're good enough to step into the thing. And what that does is that kind of opens the game up. Mm -hmm. and the let's bungee kind of fully be like no no, this is a dungeon go to a dungeon and like more people will be like yo, i want to go do a dungeon let's go do the dungeon Mm -hmm. um whereas for the longest time you know raids were like it was like you it was just hard it was hard to get through that to get through some of these raids and i think the fact that you have a raid that is shorter in length Mm -hmm. while still being mechanically challenging and not so much um like enemy challenging i think that's really good for the longevity of the game because if you were to go into this raid and like say it was like d1 where like they they squished your power cap you had no added power from the artifact Mm -hmm. and people were just getting wiped by ads like you had to fight for your life, the whole thing. The raid would have been a slog. More people would have been turned away from it. They wouldn't want to play it. Mm-hmm. Now, when you kind of separate that, because, you you know, if you're if you're not paying attention, you will die from ads. It's happened. Yeah. But like, it's more it's mechan- Like You have to focus. You have to communicate. You have to be a team. Instead of all right, you know, is this down? OK, everyone gather up on me for DPS. Like mm-hmm. now people are talking back and forth and it kind of. It, it makes you sit back like I sat back by the time we got the tannix I was like. This raid isn't hard No. like enemy wise, not. and I love it. Like, I'd rather be focused on mechanics than focused on mechanics and worrying for my life, like in. uh, mm-hmm. As as grand as King's fall is. That was King's Fall. King's Fall and Wrath of the Machine and all the other raids in D1 and, you know, in D2, it was like, no, these enemies will literally just, like,
1: two-tap They'll murder you. you. They'll two-tap yeah.
0: you. Also, you gotta pay attention to, like, three different mechanics that are going on right now. Otherwise, the boss is gonna enrage. Um,
1: So, legit DSC is, like, kind of the new light raid, and I mean that in the best way possible. Mm-hmm because when you have, I okay I personally liked crown but when you have yeah. shit as chaotic as crown dude it, it turns people off of it you know like exactly like you were saying so the fact that DSC is and this is kind of the illusion of environmental storytelling in the narrative where DSC feels massive mm-hmm. and then you finish and you're like holy crap it hasn't even been an hour um <laughs> like it is a very small raid and it's also very accessible uh and i love the challenging content but i think the take that all content needs to be challenging is a bad one because the more accessible the game is the more people you're gonna have come through and the more you're actually gonna grow um so the fact that dsc is the new light raid i think it's a good thing you know because more people can get in there and get the loot and experience it be part of a group Uh, And then they can go and get a taste for that more challenging stuff. But yeah, DSC is like tiny, but it's super fun. I think they knocked it out of the park with this raid.
0: I do. I do, too. I think uh, (laughs) it's a great time. If you haven't done it yet, uh, go get a fire team if you can. Uh, Go and do it. Uh, it's, It's current. It's worth it it's fun it's super just the deep if you do it for one thing and one thing only do it for the deep stone lullaby
1: Mm
0: -hmm. honestly we've not had anything like that um in the in destiny to be honest and it deep stone crypt and i think it beyond light as an expansion, just to give like final thoughts to wrap up. Mm -hmm. They really start fleshing out the player fantasy. Yes, like when I say having a calm, extensive raid. That's what it would. That's what it would actually be like if, you know, let's let's all pretend for a second. We're not sitting at computers right now. You're not in your Uh car listening to this. We're guardians right that's what that raid would feel like you know you take the gamey stuff like um glitching the the buff to stay warm out you you take away stuff like that and like some of the bugs and glitches but if the 6 of us were in that room fighting atrex that's what would be going on yeah we would be we would be communicating like nobody's business and i love that and that's the thing i love about destiny is the player fantasy is beginning to become more and more fleshed out yeah so that's my take you have any final remarks before we wrap up nope i mean i'm pretty much
1: covered everything as uh quickly and succinctly as i could on this i love where beyond light is and where it's going
0: all right so Unless something major happens in uh, in the next week, we may go back to some physical health and wellness discussions uh, until something, something huge happens or unless we decide something differently. So, Zeph, thank you for joining me. And thanks for having me. And thank you all for listening. And if you want to join in on the fun, we stream and record the podcast live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Link will be in the description for Zeph's stream and my stream. Don't forget the LFG store is open. We're running a nice Christmas bundle that uh, I forgot what I was going to say for a second. We're running a Christmas bundle uh, for the month of December. So if you're into nice merch, go check it out. It's uh, one of the best ways to support the channel other than just listening, which I hope you do. And I hope you share with your friends. So until next time, don't forget to lift feast. End game And we'll see you in the next one